Hello friends, welcome back to the podcast. It is Monday today. I hope you guys are having an awesome start to the week. At the time that I'm recording this, it's actually October, which is so exciting. I think October is one of my most favorite months between the weather, you've got Halloween, even though I don't really know what Halloween's going to be like this year. It's just a really cozy month and I'm really excited for today's podcast episode because it is all about boundaries and boundaries are something that I feel I hear about every now and then but not in great detail they're often things that we put up after we need them and you know maybe when we actually have problems we put up boundaries but we don't put them up from the beginning and so I thought that this would be a good episode to do because I think especially during this time right now of coronavirus and everything you know you're working from home you're spending a lot of time at home you may have more free time and with that comes maybe abusing technology or not having clear boundaries with work when you're working from home and this is something that I have increasingly kind of dealt with more during this time and so I thought it might be something that you guys like too and I actually asked for feedback for this episode which I'm really excited about I got some responses from you guys that I'm going to share as well because every now and then I really do like to include kind of feedback from you guys about what you guys think about these things so and if you aren't subscribed I feel like I never really plug this very often but maybe hit that subscribe button if you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify just hit the subscribe so you get notifications when this podcast goes up every single Monday so you don't miss it I really try to get these up early on Monday for me personally I love when I just wake up and it's already up I don't have to wait till 9 or 10 or 11 to listen I love just having them there in the morning so I hope you guys appreciate that too because I know I definitely do kind of setting the framework for boundaries for me personally I think that this topic has always rubbed me a little bit the wrong way I think the main reason why is because often these conversations are so centered around our personal desires our personal preferences how to please ourselves and they're just so focused on ourselves and I don't think that is super healthy I think that can also lead to you being just a lot more unhappy when you're only focused on yourself because sometimes we do need to help other people sometimes we do need to be available when we don't want to be sometimes we do need to lay down our own desires and that's something that I don't think people really talk about there's so much emphasis on pleasing ourselves and not sacrificing for other people and so I've kind of struggled with how to frame this because I don't want it to come across as there is this notion that when something is toxic, whatever that may be, toxic is defined so differently by every single person that you just drop it. You don't let anything that's toxic in your life. And, you know, as a Christian, I think it's important to share my own worldview because that shapes how I see everything. I don't think you can separate your faith, especially if you are practicing in a religion from how you view these things. So for me, I think of how we as Christians are called to live like Jesus and he laid his life down for us for sinners who betrayed him and we were probably the most toxic people of all and so I think there's this principle of just always following you know what pleases you and I don't think that's healthy but with that being said I do think that setting up boundaries gives us the space to be able to help people more it gives you a clear conscious so you can be available for people when you need to be and especially so you can give your time your resources your money whatever it may be out of the kindness of your heart and not out of resentment or guilt and I think that's the biggest distinction that I've had to make with this because there are so many different things that can you know rent real estate in your mind and you want to make sure it's only the things that are either good for you or good for you helping other people if that makes sense. 
I read this book once and it's called Boundaries by Henry Cloud. It's a very great book if you haven't read it. It's very popular. It's also pretty old, but there's a quote in it and I love this quote. I think it is so good and it puts into words what I think that I often struggle to put into words, but it says boundaries define us. They define what is me and what is not me. A boundary shows me where I end and someone else begins leading me to a sense of ownership. Knowing what I am to own and take responsibility for gives me freedom. Taking responsibility for my life opens up many different options. Boundaries help us keep the good in and the bad out. Setting boundaries inevitably involves taking responsibility for your choices. You are the one who makes them. You are the one who must live with their consequences. And you are the one who may be keeping yourself from making the choices you could be happy with. We must own our thoughts and clarify distorted thinking. And I specifically really like the quote that says, What I am to own and take responsibility for gives me freedom. Because this is something that I talk about here and there, but I think oftentimes we think that if we live our lives freely with no restrictions, no consequences, always getting exactly what we want, that that's what gives us freedom. That's kind of how the world, quote, defines freedom. But I think from my personal experience, that is the most damaging way to live. And I never feel more anxious and restricted and caught up in my thoughts when I don't have guardrails. I think that saying yes all the time can often hurt people more than learning to say no. And while it may seem more painful to tell people no, oftentimes, you know, pushing yourself to do things you can't commit to makes you less of you, which only hurts other people. There's another quote from the book that says, people who own their lives do not feel guilty when they make choices about where they are going. They take other people into consideration, but when they make choices for the wishes of others, they are choosing out of love, not guilt, to advance a good, not to avoid a bad. I love this, and this is kind of what I said in the beginning, but there's a difference between sacrificing yourself, sacrificing your time, you know, maybe going out of the way of your boundaries because you love someone, because you're choosing to out of love versus out of guilt. And I think a lot of times we are doing things out of guilt because we feel like we have to, not because we want to and feel that it will be out of love, if that makes sense. And so it's really hard to have the wisdom to know the difference between those two things. I'm not perfect by any means at this. But I did just want to kind of share my thoughts on boundaries and where I come from with them. And I think that this book really just explains it well. To give you some context about my personality and my personal kind of relationship with boundaries, I am a type 1 on the Enneagram. And so if you guys don't know the Enneagram, I'm actually not someone who's obsessed with it. I think people get crazy obsessed with personality types because we naturally are just really interested in learning about ourselves which is kind of sad but I do think the Enneagram is helpful for kind of learning more about yourself and learning your weaknesses and how to go through them I don't think it should be idolized like I see a lot online but I do think it's a helpful tool so I am a type one and that's known as the reformer so the website description says it's principled purposeful self-controlled and has perfectionistic tendencies. So for me, my biggest desire is just to be good. And my biggest fear is being corrupt. So I want to be right. I want to strive to improve everything. I want to be consistent in my ideals. And I want to always justify myself, which means criticism is oftentimes hard for me. Ones believe that being strict with themselves and eventually trying to become perfect will justify them in their own eyes and in the eyes of others. But by attempting to create their own brand of perfection, they often create their own personal hell. 
So this is from the website directly. I think this is so true, but it says, instead of agreeing with the statement in Genesis that God saw what he had created and said it was good, ones intensely feel that it was not good. There obviously have been some mistakes here. And so there's kind of this pursuit of trying to get an ideal. So ones oftentimes have a hard time relaxing. They deny themselves simple pleasures in life. They tend to be emotionally repressed and uncomfortable with expressing tender feelings. They see being emotional as a sign of weakness and a sign of lack of control. They aren't very spontaneous and they have multiple interests and talents. However, they're self-reliant and they don't really run out of things to do. So with that being said, I actually err on the side of having too many boundaries. I've never been the kind of person who found it hard to put up boundaries in my life. I have never in my life been a people pleaser. I actually really like, I don't know if you guys know Aspen Ovard on YouTube. I've always felt very similar to her in that the way that she talks in her videos the way that she's always been online it's very much just herself I remember her one time saying I don't struggle with being a people pleaser like she just says things how they are and she's not trying to please everyone and she is just herself and I've always respected her for that I think she's an awesome youtuber because she created her own business she is a wife she's a mom I love her stuff I think that she's always just kind of been herself and it's something I respected and I've always kind of felt like I was similar in that way where I wasn't trying to be everything for everyone but with that being said I naturally put up too many boundaries I know the way I want to live my life I know the kind of relationships I want to have. And so oftentimes I will keep people out, keep things out and not be spontaneous, which can be a weakness. So that may make me really knowledgeable in putting up boundaries, but it can also be bad if I don't have this sense of being spontaneous and kind of letting people in. In this episode, I plan on kind of sharing different areas of my life that I try to put up boundaries. So within work, friendships, more specifically roommates, because I think that's a very important way to put up boundaries, romantic relationships, and then technology. Family isn't something that I struggle with personally, so I'm not going to talk about that. And I don't have to put up boundaries with my family. It's just not something I struggle with. But I do know that a lot of people have family boundaries. So I just want that to be known. And then I'm also going to share at the end some of your stories. And a few people did send in family stories. So if that's something that you struggle with, Just stay tuned and you will hear more about that. So we're starting with work. And I think that work for me is the hardest area to set boundaries, even though I do find boundaries aren't super difficult for me personally. Since my work online blends with my personal life, it can be very difficult to separate the two. With that being said, I am going to talk when I actually worked full time at like an agency outside of YouTube because I do think that's a little bit more relatable if you are trying to set up work boundaries. So I think the biggest area I learned boundaries personally was just being stretched too thin at work. And this ends with me just quitting my full time job. So I know that's not super relatable because not everyone can just quit their job, but Because I was doing my agency job and social media full-time, social media ended up making far more than I was making at my other job. And so I was just in a position where it made sense to quit. I do think that there are times in a job when things are just stretched too thin. It's really difficult for me to talk about this because I know when I worked at an agency, it wasn't really an option to just stop working at night. It wasn't really an option to log off at night. It wasn't an option to not pull a Sunday. Like that was just the nature of the work. And I think that so many people, especially when they're in their young 20s, 
that is the nature of the work. And it's kind of the sense of just accepting that your life may be like this for the next little bit, but it'll get better. But if you don't sense it's getting better, I think that there is, you know, something that you should do about it. My old job, I was working at an agency and it was a social media marketing agency. So I was basically doing the other side of what I do now. So working for brands on influencer campaigns. So we'd have a brand that would hire influencers to do ads across Instagram and YouTube. It was mainly just Instagram because I was the lowest level employee. I was 21. So I was just starting out. A lot of my job was just admin tasks, so when an influencer would post a story for a brand, I'd make sure all the tags looked right, the links were working right, but these would be campaigns where five people a day were going live, and they would be going live on Saturdays and Sundays, not just weekdays. And so it was a lot of working on the weekends if someone's stories did not look right, correcting them, telling my manager, having to put back together the correct stories to put up. And then it was also a lot of pulling influencers for campaigns. So we would basically pull these lists of sometimes 500 influencers, a lot of people, and we would present them to the client. They would kind of narrow down who they liked, who they didn't like for the campaign. Maybe I'd pull some more. They would again keep narrowing down until it was the correct list. And this was a weekly thing that we had to do. This was probably the hardest part of my job because you think, oh, there are so many influencers. But when you're working on a campaign with a brand for a year, you kind of run out of people. And so it was a lot of pulling these lists on Sundays specifically or Saturdays or just on the weekends or at nights. It was just a lot of kind of overtime work, which is the nature of a lot of jobs out there. And I think it's just a reality for a lot of people. And I think the thing that I learned was this is okay to do if it's your only job. But because I was doing my other job on the weekends, it just wasn't sustainable to keep up with both. I was not present on the weekends when people would be talking to me at night. Like my roommate Rose, I just felt like I wasn't listening because I was just in a different world of I need to do this, I need to do this, and just always being on. I felt a little guilty when I'd go to bed at 11 because I'd miss things. I'd miss, you know, tasks that I should have done. And that was just the nature of it. And I ultimately did leave because this wasn't sustainable for me to do. It would be if it was the only thing that I was doing, but it wasn't. Another thing I was bad at was delegating. So for me, we had an intern come on one of the accounts that I was on. And again, being a type one, I was such a control freak about doing things right. Like I wanted them to be done correctly. That it gave me just this sense of control over my work that whenever the intern came on the team, it was so hard for me to give up this work for her to do because I wanted to to do it my way. I didn't want to teach someone to do it in case she or he did it wrong. And this is really bad because obviously everyone needs to learn. Like someone trained me and I did poorly when I started, but then you learn and you eventually do it correctly the more that you practice. And so it was always so hard for me to delegate. And I think this kind of bit me in the butt. Not taking time off was another big thing. So this is more specifically for the job that I have now. So doing YouTube and Instagram full time. It is so hard to take a break. Because for one, if you don't post on Instagram or YouTube, the algorithm kind of loses you and you lose engagement, which means you might lose followers, which means that you will make less money on brand deals. So it's this whole thing where you kind of always have to be posting. And I don't know if anyone else is like this, but for me, my story views are a lot higher when I post a lot. So these platforms really reward you when you're on, you're posting IGTVs, IG stories, YouTube videos, Instagram posts, Instagram stories, using swipe up links, like all these things. And it can be very unhealthy when 
you don't take a break from that. And so something I told myself that I was going to do, and I'm so happy I did this, but the weekend of our wedding and the week after, I didn't post at all. I didn't even go on social media. I didn't look. I didn't post anything on YouTube. And it was beautiful. It was just a perfect, blissful week. Because then I felt like when I came back, I was just refreshed. I was new. And it kind of made me realize that in most kind of quote normal jobs, you do take off some time every now and then. And maybe it's not a lot when you start, but you do get a couple days of breaks. And I think I just had to realize that even with this job, it's important to take breaks to feel refreshed, to get a vacation. And lastly, it was just getting a manager. So again, me being a control freak over all my stuff, I wanted to be on top of everything. I wanted to read my contracts, do my own deals, not have a manager. But oftentimes, brands would take advantage of me just because I was younger, kind of quote, inexperienced for the industry. Sometimes people would ask me to promote things for free, even if it was just friends or something. And sometimes brands will just give you a better deal if you do have a manager. I eventually signed with a manager. His name is Andrew and he is great. And he makes my life a lot easier because he deals with all the nitty gritty stuff that I don't have to deal with anymore. And it really helps me personally with my job by just having that sense of delegating. So for me, I think the biggest things that I do now just to have boundaries within my work is for one, I get offline at the same time every night. Again, this isn't something that everyone can do, but at 5 p.m., sometimes 6 p.m. if I have a little bit too much, I'm off. I'm not working on stuff. I will still be posting on Instagram because that's just like fun for me sometimes, but I try to be offline and I don't check my emails on the weekend. I don't really check them at night either just having set work hours. I think again, whenever I was working at an agency, another thing that really helped me was just having friends outside of work. It just made me feel a little bit less attached to work by knowing like, hey, there's life outside of work because I loved my work friends. They were the best. I miss them so much. They were so fun to hang out with. But having friends outside of work just kind of reminded me that, oh, there are other joys beyond work. And it kind of helps if you have workaholic tendencies. And then again, just delegating when you can. If you have someone who you're training or if you're a freelancer, maybe getting an assistant or something can be really helpful if you are struggling with boundaries in work. So now we're going to talk about friendships and roommates specifically. So for me, I honestly haven't had a lot of issues with my friends. I have a small circle of friends and I am honestly only friends with people who respect my boundaries. That's just kind of a clear thing that I put up. And I wouldn't regularly spend time with people if I sensed that they weren't respecting that. So I don't really have friendship stories to tell, but I do have roommate stories because I think roommates are the place that's kind of the toughest to set up boundaries, but the most important. I've had a lot of different roommates throughout college, and now I live with my husband, who is the perfect roommate. I love him so much. Seriously, it's been so easy living with him. We waited till we got married to move in together, so you never kind of know, like, what's it's going to be like, but it's been so good. I'm so thankful for him. It's literally like living with your best friend. It's the best thing ever. So I kind of wanted to share some things I learned with roommates. So the first thing is just knowing to set clear boundaries from the get-go. I mean, the day you move in to live with your roommate, even if you're best friends, even if you're close, make sure you set up boundaries. And so I'm going to share some things that I think you should just chat with your roommate about because the first one is cleaning. So I've always been the kind of person who just really loves cleaning. And so it's natural to me to want to clean, to pick up. I'm a pretty organized person, but a lot of times when you live in 
a space day in and day out, you don't realize the importance of having a clean space. And I learned that the longer that you're the only person who's cleaning your apartment, your dorm, whatever it may be, the more you're going to unintentionally resent your roommate if they're not pulling their weight too. All your roommates should be pulling their weight in this area. And so it doesn't even have to be like an awkward conversation, but just delegate from the beginning. Hey, I will be in charge of this. You be in charge of this. Or maybe we switch off every week. Or especially with taking out the trash, you will find there will be one person who's much more likely to actually take out the trash. So just kind of share, hey, if I do it this time, maybe next time you'll do it. And just doing it when it's full instead of having to be told or something. The next is alone time. So even extroverts, I'm an introvert, so I can't really speak to them, but I think that everyone likes their alone time. And it was really hard in New York City when you're often sharing a room if you're in college, you're living in a tiny studio apartment, you go outside and you're surrounded by people. It's just really hard to find alone time. And so this was the thing I struggled with the most because I felt I always had extroverted roommates who would oftentimes take offense if I came home and was just quiet or took offense if I needed to go in my room and read a little bit to unwind at night. And it's really bad if your roommate doesn't know your personality type and know that, oh, hey, I'm not actually mad right now. I just need some time alone so I can recharge. And then I'm happy to hang out another night when I do have that alone time. And I think you have to express this from the beginning because it's very easy if you're living with someone who is more extroverted, who is just always, you know, lively and talking and wants to hang out all the time. You have to know that your personality type might not be the same as someone's. And so you need to express hey, at this time to this time, I like to spend time alone. Is that cool if I just do that and you don't think that I'm sad? Which sounds really stupid, but this is always the thing that I think I've struggled with the most because people just think that if you're quiet, then you're mad. And that's just not always the case. Another thing is just splitting expenses. Sometimes if you're sharing food, I actually never shared food with my roommates. Like we would of course, always share if we ask, but it wasn't like we split groceries or anything. But sometimes you'll find that one person is more likely to pick up the toilet paper or the paper towels, or if you are splitting groceries, maybe some people don't pay. And so just make sure you kind of delegate who's paying for what. And if one person picks up cleaning stuff this week, maybe the other person picks it up next week. Because again, you can find yourself growing in resentment the longer that you are the only one who's paying for things, if that makes sense. So this one is a big one. And this is one that I also struggle with a lot. And that is just making sure you ask before you have people over. Even if your roommate is extroverted, I just think it's so important If you're sharing a space with someone that you are conscious of how they prefer guests to come over. And so as an introvert, constantly having people over every single night can be a little bit exhausting, especially if you come home from a long day of class and you didn't expect 10 people to be in your apartment. Like that can be really difficult, especially with me when I was dating Aiden throughout college. I always made an effort to ask my roommates if it was okay if he came upstairs if I wanted him to come over. Just being transparent and kind of knowing, hey, it's a sign of respect and you never know if they're having a bad day. Maybe they just want to chill with you alone. Maybe they just want to hang out in their room and you just need to respect that. And so I think that's a very important one. Another thing is just recognizing that sometimes you live with someone for a year and you are just better not living together. Like sometimes you're better friends when you're not living in the same space and that is totally okay. I had the best living experience when I lived um, when I lived with my roommate Rose I just felt like we really vibed together 
we had just such mutual respect for each other. We would be comfortable hanging out alone in our rooms, but we'd also cook dinner together. We would watch TV together. She had her friends over, and I loved her friends, so I was always really excited when they came over. We always split costs for the things that we bought. It was just a really nice relationship where we would hang out outside of our house and in our house, and I think it's because we just really respected each other, and so I think that that is the key But sometimes that is just not the case and that's okay. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with either person. You're just not vibing to live together. Now we're going to talk about romantic relationships. And it can be really easy to just not establish boundaries in a romantic relationship. It can be very easy to spend all your time with someone, to share your whole life with someone right in the beginning and... It can also be very dangerous. For me, it can be dangerous when you're not easily opening up to someone, when you do put up too many walls. So I think boundaries are very important, especially when you're dating or even married. Now that I'm married, I can say that. I think that boundaries are really important. The biggest thing for me that I think makes it easier to set up boundaries is defining the relationship. If one person wants more out of the relationship than the other, it is very hard to set up boundaries. One person wants to see each other all the time without seeing other people, but one person wants to also date other people but hang out every now and then. One person wants to share everything while the other doesn't. Like this can just be a recipe for disaster and that's why I'm a firm believer that you should define the relationship. Are you dating? Are you exclusive? Are you hanging out? Just being clear and communicating with the other person, it can make it much easier and it's just nicer. It's more polite to let the other person know your intentions and I think it's important to do early on in a relationship. Another thing that I think is very important and that is spending time apart. It is so important if you're in a long-term relationship to have hobbies outside of your boyfriend or your girlfriend, to have friends outside of your boyfriend or girlfriend, and just to feel comfortable even doing stuff alone outside of your boyfriend or girlfriend. Codependency can be really difficult when you're only spending every single waking moment with this other person. I actually think I really I think that Aiden and I did a really good job at this while we were dating. We dated in college and so we still wanted to kind of have a college experience. So we would hang out with our friends and we had hobbies that we would do apart. Like he would bike with his friends or they would go see movies. And I didn't feel the need to always be there because I had my friends. I had, you know, especially when I worked at the agency, I would go out with my coworkers all the time and we would hang out. And I just had a trust with him that I never felt like, I needed to worry that he was doing things outside of me because I knew that he was a happier, more well-rounded person when he did out of other things in his life. There's another quote from the Boundaries book and it says, If I can't allow you to be a person in your own right, then I can't empathize with you. I'll always take your experience as meaning something about me. Or I'll react to your feelings by thinking of myself, not you. And I think this is especially true for marriage. If you are constantly with your spouse all the time it can often be hard not to take every little thing personally because you're so intertwined i just know that i'm much happier when i spend a little time with my friends or with my family or even just running to home goods by myself like that's my me time and i appreciate it and then i come home and i'm just so much of a happier person because i do have that outlet outside of my spouse for us it was also important to establish physical boundaries now i know not everyone has physical boundaries but i do think you should assess what you are okay with doing and what you're not okay with doing before you start dating someone and let them know because if someone is expecting that you 
sleep together early on and you don't, they might resent you and you will resent them if they don't respect that from you. But how are they supposed to respect it when they didn't know that was your intention? I'm a firm believer that physical boundaries are healthy. And so we establish them pretty early on in our relationship. And especially with physical boundaries, it's very hard to establish them after you already kind of go past them. And so I think it's really important just to assess, okay, I'm not okay with doing this, but I am okay with doing this and letting your partner know. And for me, something that was really important was when I sense that trust with someone, I can't be scared to open up. I don't have a natural inclination to share my thoughts and my feelings. Even now, it is hard for me to open up to people. It's not natural for me to just talk about how I feel. And that may seem kind of contradictory for someone who has a podcast, but my first inclination is not to share all my thoughts. And even doing this podcast every week, once a week, it is effort for me to share these things because it doesn't come off as natural. It's not supernatural for me to do, but it's almost like you're training a muscle to do it. Very early on, I just felt very comfortable around him. I felt like I had known him my whole life when we started dating, and so it was very easy and felt natural to open up to him. And I'm really happy I did because I think it helped our relationship grow. And I'm not saying you give that to everyone. You should respect your thoughts, but also know that it's okay to share them with people when you feel comfortable doing so. And now we're talking about technology. So I wanted to talk about this one because it's the one that I think I'm learning increasingly every day, the importance of setting up boundaries. This first one is actually something that I thought to myself and I was like, I don't know if this is relatable because not everyone struggles with this, but I actually think that they do. I really think that everyone kind of struggles with this, but that is just not sharing everything on social media. And I actually was thinking about this because I got a comment today from someone and they were talking about how I never really show my husband in my videos or even my friends either. But she's right. I actually don't share Aiden in a lot of my videos. I share little moments here and there, but it's not about our relationship because I value our relationship so much. It's something that is so precious to me. And because it's so precious to me, I want to cherish it for us. It is much healthier for me to keep most of our relationship private. And I think that's something that our kind of generation doesn't cherish as much because if I put him in every single video, if I did clickbait titles with him, I would probably get a lot more views. Like that is just how it works. People love relationships online. But to me, it's not worth it to invade the privacy and just the sacred characteristics of our relationship to put everything online. And I even saw a tweet once that they said, like, I think the happiest relationships are those that don't need to be broadcasted. And I think that's true. I share things here and there, but it's not the focus of my channel. And I think that that is healthy. And even if you are just like having a normal Instagram account, you're not trying to be a digital creator or anything, you don't need to share everything online. You just don't. It's okay to have things that you keep to yourself, it's okay, especially now. I mean, I think it shows a sense of security when you don't need to share everything online. And it's a very hard balance to find, but I can say that I'm much happier having kind of the sense of mystery than having everything up on the internet. Another thing is using technology as a tool, not a coping mechanism. So I think that a lot of times you have to assess the reason why you're using social media. And if you're using it for bad reasons, then maybe set up some screen time limits. Maybe share, hey, I'm only going to go on Instagram 30 minutes a day. Maybe don't use it 
before bed, like physically putting up boundaries with your phone that protects you from it. This one is a big one, and it's one that I especially learned this year, and it is to be selective about who you follow. I don't think that you need to just delete Instagram if you find that you have kind of more of a toxic relationship with it. And some people aren't necessarily harmful. Some people aren't promoting unhealthy habits or anything, but some people you just follow and they make you feel kind of bad about yourself. And you don't have to pinpoint why, but just click the mute button or click the unfollow. You don't have to be spending time learning and seeing content from people who you don't actually want to follow. I actually had a conversation with my sister Jamie today. For me, it's really hard for me to follow people who are promoting buying a lot of stuff. So I'm not just saying sponsored ads. It's not even really sponsored content, but when people just share every single gadget that you need in your life, 20 story slides a day, that is something that I just don't really feel comfortable with. It never makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I need to have more stuff. And I just don't think that that is healthy in the long run for me personally. But maybe for you, you can't follow people who post, you know, photos in a swimsuit. Maybe it makes you feel insecure. Maybe you can't follow people who have the perfect relationship because it makes you feel like you're missing something if you're single. Like you just have to assess what is triggering your mind to have thoughts that are unhealthy and just curating your feed to be better for you. And then also just only consuming a certain amount of videos and podcasts a day and not kind of going overboard with that. And with me, I always told myself that I would never get AirPods because I didn't want to have the temptation of just always having something going in my ears. So a podcast, a video, whatever it may be. But I eventually did get AirPods. And I can say that that temptation is definitely a present. It's really nice for working out because I feel I can do burpees and do all these exercises that were really hard before, but I have to intentionally put my AirPods down and say I'm not going to use them more than a couple hours a day or I'm not going to use them past this time because I don't always want to be accustomed to being plugged into the world, you know, the world as it is online, which isn't even really the world. You do not see how most people are living their lives when you're just looking on Instagram or whatever, or listening to a podcast or whatever. But I do think it's important to set up those boundaries and technology can have a strong hold in your life if you don't. So just maybe consider doing that if you haven't. So now we're just going to read some of your feedback. I asked for ways that you guys have put up boundaries in your life or times when you wish you had put up boundaries. So these are all going to be anonymous, but I'm just going to go ahead and read a few of these. The first one says, I love that you're doing an episode on this because I'm a big fan of boundaries with my family, friends, work, everything. I don't have an in-depth story, but I had set major boundaries with an old friend slash roommate. I need alone time to recharge, especially at night. In college, this isn't always seen as acceptable, or at least it wasn't with this friend. Even though we lived together, I needed to have time at night to journal, do my homework, and relax on my own. She viewed it as me not wanting to be her friend anymore. While I tried to explain that it was about me and I just needed boundaries, she wasn't receptive, and over time, our friendship became unhealthy. But I'm glad that I set those boundaries, and by having boundaries, I quickly learned that she wasn't a true friend if she couldn't respect those boundaries. Even after our conversation, she would still burst in my door without asking and make fun of me for needing alone time. Moral of the story, boundaries are necessary for mental health and self-care. If someone can't respect that, then maybe it's a good time to reflect on that relationship. I definitely agree with this. I think if 
it's a boundary like needing alone time, then that is such a simple thing. And if your friend really cares about you and wants you to be a better friend by having that alone time, she should respect that. So I definitely agree with that. And I hate how it can oftentimes come off as you not wanting to be a friend when you need alone time. But I'm glad that you put up those boundaries. I think that that's really awesome. This one says, I have struggled with the guilt of setting boundaries, specifically when it comes to going out, making plans. I've become better this last year of knowing that people who want to be your friend and cherish your friendship respect and encourage boundaries. I've stopped apologizing for not accepting plans when they change and I'm not comfortable with them and it's made me genuinely feel happier by accepting plans I'm excited about. A great example is I was excited for an at-home wine night to casually catch up with a friend. They changed the plans to going out with additional friends and although I'm more than happy to add friends and change plans, I knew it would not be the same so I declined. Instead, I went to Target, got a new nail polish, had a glass of wine, and caught up with my family over the phone, metaphorically filling my glass socially, emotionally, mentally, more than the change plans. It's uncomfortable at first, but stick with your boundaries is my greatest piece of advice. I love that. A little wine night alone doesn't sound like the worst thing in the world, catching up with your family, but yeah, I wish it wasn't so hard to do it at first, but it's definitely that thing that once you start doing it, I think that people almost respect you more and it does get easier. When I saw your Instagram story on boundaries, it reminded me of a friendship I had in college. We started in the same apprenticeship program and became great friends in the next year. At the same time we became friends, I went on staff for the organization we apprenticed for the year before. Tragically, my work life was incredibly toxic and I didn't realize how it affected my friendships. Because my job was mentally and emotionally draining, I saw affirmation and fulfillment in my friend rather than my relationship with God. The result was codependency. The next year, I was in a healthier place, spiritually and emotionally. My work life completely turned around as well. It wasn't until we lived together that I noticed the codependency. I felt the constant pressure to need my friend or be who I had been the year previously. The difference was that I was a different person and God met my needs. Because I didn't set boundaries in my work life and relationships, I lost a great friend. Once something is out of bounds, it may not ever fit within. I like that this one, she actually recognized where she had the boundary issue because I think a lot of times, and I do this too, you notice when other people don't respect your boundaries, but maybe you don't realize when you're not respecting someone else's boundaries. And so I think that this one is really good and it's just kind of a testament to be self-aware of how you are invading maybe other people's privacy as well. This one says, I graduated with the class of 2020, woohoo, but this means I graduated amidst a pandemic. I'm from Texas and went to school in New York like you and I always knew I wanted to stay in New York post-grad. I was an RA at my school, so throughout college, I lived on campus for free, and it was an awesome experience. But come March, school was closed, and I lost the place I called home, along with my RA job. It was such a hard time in of itself on top of scrambling to find a place to live. I was asked to move into an apartment with a couple of girls I knew in college, and I said yes. Partially because I had no other options, but partially because I was excited to get to know these girls better and become friends. Shortly after moving in, I realized I was picking up some habits I wasn't proud of. Frequent drinking, staying up late on work nights, etc. All because I was trying so hard to make friends with and relate to these girls. I didn't like these new behaviors and I decided that I needed to remove myself as much as I could from the situation while still staying kind 
and maintaining a good relationship with my roommates. However, the constant drinking, partying late into the night, early morning in our shared spaces, and even bringing random guys into our home continued. I figured because I hadn't set anything in the beginning, I didn't have a leg to stand on with setting new boundaries about noise, guests, and partying in our apartment. It was horrible and I became so anxious and sad that I just never left my room. I have since moved out and found a new apartment of my own. I'm so thankful, but I regret not setting boundaries and keeping my own morals and principles in mind right from the start. Not only did I do myself a disservice, but I also did my roommates a disservice by not communicating those expectations and boundaries. This one I think is so important for kind of showing the importance of setting them up from the beginning. And it's really hard and especially it's hard if you don't know someone super well, you feel kind of awkward, but no one wants to break your boundaries. No one wants to make you feel uncomfortable in your living space. And if they do, that's really messed up. But I think for the most part, people want you to feel comfortable and it's not like they're trying to, but maybe they just think that you're okay with these habits that maybe you weren't okay with. So I think this is really important for just showing, you know, set these up from the beginning because they can be really difficult. So this is the last one I'm going to read, but it says, I'm such an avid viewer of your content and love all the intentions behind your work, which is really sweet. Thank you. I saw on your Instagram story that this week's topic for the podcast was boundaries and just had some thoughts I wanted to share with you. I personally find that it's hard to toe the line between boundaries and barriers or walls. For me specifically, this manifests in most in my romantic relationships. I used to be someone who was very black and white in relationships. Either I was exclusively dating the other person or it was just a physical relationship. I hated getting emotionally invested in guys and feeling like I was a second choice because we weren't in a committed relationship. However, I found that putting these really strict black and white rules around my relationships was actually closing me off to genuinely getting to know people and forming deeper connections. As soon as I felt like a relationship wasn't fitting within my rules and expectations, I would drop it rather than being flexible and giving myself and the other person time to figure it out as we went. Recently, I've been pushing myself to be less black and white and be okay with opening up and getting to know people without knowing exactly where it's going or what the labels are. It's been really tough for me to find this balance between opening up myself to new people and experiences without feeling like I'm being naive and allowing myself to be taken advantage of. I realize being open to genuine romantic relationships a lot of the time means being open to getting hurt, but there has to be some way to protect your heart as well, right? There has to be some sort of balance between being open and being naive. This one I wanted to share because I think it's the opposite of what I said about kind of defining the relationship, but yeah, I guess it can be helpful when you don't have clear kind of senses of what you are with someone. It can be more easy to transition to a new phase of the relationship if you don't have set kind of labels, if you will. But I just kind of wanted to share this one because I wanted to share a different perspective because this is personally not mine. But like I said, a lot of times my quote boundaries actually are walls. So it can be important to kind of see if your boundaries are healthy too. I hope this podcast kind of gave you a little bit more insight on setting boundaries for a new week. See if there is something that is just not serving you well, if there's something that is bothering you they say that if something bothers you 10 minutes a day so say your roommate is just really not cleaning up after herself or himself if that bothers you 10 minutes every single day that adds up to so much of your life so just talk about it just address it and it can really help so let me know what you thought and i will talk to you guys next week on monday bye friends <laughs>